0: Joshua chapter 22. Uh, I said last week there's there's 24 chapters in Joshua. I believe the first 11 chapters of the book of Joshua is about the conquest of the Promised Land, conquering the Promised Land, and then all the rest of it is about possessing it, occupying it, functioning there, doing what God had called them to do. And so this is just a couple of chapters from the end. Of, of the entire book of Joshua. So starting with verse number one, the, the scripture says, Then Joshua called the Reubenites and the Gadites and the half-tribe of Manasseh, and he said unto them, You have kept all that Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, and have obeyed my voice in all that I commanded you. So for a little bit of context of what of what Joshua is talking about there we we if you go over to numbers chapter 32 numbers 32 and I'm only going to read the first verse or two you can you can read the rest of it later if you want but in the beginning uh, at the beginning of Numbers chapter thirty-two, the scripture says this now the children of Reuben and the children of Gad had a very great multitude of cattle, and when they saw the land of Jazer and the land of Gilead, that behold the place was a place for cattle, the children of Gad and the children of Reuben came and spoke unto Moses and to Eleazar the priest, and unto the princes of the congregation, saying... And so what they do is they go on in this chapter, and they begin to say to Moses, we, we, this, this land right here is great for us. We've got a lot of cattle, and this land is great for cattle. So we are asking that this land right here be our inheritance. But the issue was that, that they had not crossed into the promised land yet. So, so think if you would tonight that, that this is the that this is the Jordan River here and 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 that's north. <laughs> they, they were coming from the east. They were journeying from the east. The promised land was in the west. It'd kind of be like you know coming from from Ocean City towards this side, the western side, the promised land. <laughs> Got any Eastern Shore folks here tonight? I know. They'll get some people riled up. I'm just I'm just giving you a hard time. But they're, they're, they're coming to, and so there's the Jordan River that they've got to cross to get into the promised land, and and, and they say, these, these the Reubenites and the Gadites, they, they say, we want to just stay here. We don't want to cross the Jordan. We want this to be on our, our inheritance. And so if you read on in chapter 32, what you will find is Moses' response is basically like, wait a minute. All the rest of us are going to go into the promised land and you're going to stay here. And, and, and you know, that, that could be a negative thing for, for our morale. And so what they, what they respond to Moses and promise is, listen, let us leave our children and our cattle, our wives, our families here. We will go and fight with our brethren until the promised land is, is secured. And then we will come back to where we have requested to be our inheritance. Now, let me just remind you, some of you, you're already probably with me, but let me remind you in case anybody here is not yet fully familiar with the fact that the Old Testament is 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 all about spiritual principles. I mean, if you sitting here tonight and you go, I never read the Old Testament because I just don't I, You're missing some amazing stuff. I mean, from the very first verse of the Bible, you start to see spiritual examples, spiritual analogies. I... I think I've said, I, I've said this in a couple of personal situations. I don't remember if I've said it publicly recently. I feel like I, I may have. But, but, I mean, you just read Genesis 1 and 2. Genesis 1, verses 1 and 2. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and, 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 uh, and, and, and the earth was without form and void and darkness and was upon the face of the deep, And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters and then created. And so we, we, we don't, I don't know a whole lot about it, I don't know that the Bible tells us in very much about what was that, but before God said, "Let there be light," there was already something. I feel like yesterday I started up uh, trying. We we tried to record the Be Ye Holy series level part two for Grow, T- teach it and record it a year or two ago, and there was some tech, technological issues and. Recording didn't take, and so I just started yesterday in the in the studio, and I'm so out of practice. And I spent about an hour, like talking. I felt like 90 miles an hour because I like, and I'm feeling that right now. And I need to just, take a breath. So Genesis one one and two and then and then if you go, we all know John three is such an awesome significant passage because it 's the new birth passage you 've got to be born again to see the kingdom but if you read if you read those first couple of verses of, of, the, of John chapter three in the message bible it 's really neat because it uses basically identical terminology talking about the new birth as it talked about the process of creation, and so when you 're reading about whatever that chaos was was that God began to bring out of that all of this. That is, a, that is a witness and an example of what God can do in your life because I don't care if you were born and raised in church or you got in it as an adult. Before you got the Holy Ghost and got baptized in Jesus' name, your life was full of darkness. It was void. It wasn't a whole lot there. But when the Spirit of God begins to move and work out of that, some of you sitting, here tonight been around here for decades you can think back to what you were when you first came in and some of you you were broken you were addicted you were busted and disgusted what do they say broke busted and disgusted I think that's the way some people say it I was just going to act like I came up with it but I didn't really come up with it so and look at where you are now look at what God's done through you now the spirit of God hovering and so if, if 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 all you've ever done is read some of the Old Testament, especially some of these stories in in Genesis and through through Joshua, if you're just like you know, well, that's just historical facts, you're missing you're missing some powerful, important stuff. So so he he he, he says they, they they make this agreement. We 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 we'll go in, but we we want to stay here. We we, we we don't want to go across. We're good with staying here. So, so that's the, the really quick context. And again, you can read through chapter 32 in Numbers because most of that chapter is dealing with this, this interaction between Moses and the Reubenites and the Gadites and, and, and this agreement that, okay, fine, you can stay here as long as you agree. As long as you'll agree to go fight with your brethren, you, that's what you can do. So, so again, back to chapter 22 of Joshua, and we'll just start with verse number 1 again. Then Joshua called the Reubenites and the Gadites and the half-tribe of Manasseh. And he said unto them, You have kept all that Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, and you have dele- and you have obeyed my voice in all that I commanded you. You have not left your brethren these many days unto this day, but have kept the charge of the commandment of the Lord. And now the Lord your God hath given rest unto your brethren as he promised them. Therefore now return ye and get you into, unto your tents and unto the land of your possession, which Moses the servant of the Lord gave you on the other side of Jordan. You see, when you read through chapter number 32, while Moses was ultimately made an agreement with these tribes to stay on the west side, excuse me, the east side of Jordan, that wasn't God's plan. God's plan was for the nation of Israel, all tribes, to cross the Jordan and occupy the promised land. But two and a half tribes said, you know what, we're good right here. I mean, look at the land. It's it's good for cattle, right? We don't even need to go into the promised land. The land right here is good for cattle. We're, We're content. Kind of sounds like what Lot did. He got to look in what he could see, while Abraham was looking at what he couldn't see. And when given the choice of which land are you going to occupy, Lot looks at the well-watered plains and sets himself and his family up to get all intertwined in Sodom and Gomorrah. We 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 don't want to. I, mean, I I don't I don't know. I I I've never dug into this. Overly, deeply in my years of ministry and personal study and devotion. But I, I, I don't know that, that the Reubenites and the Gadites were any bigger than any of the other tribes. It wasn't, it wasn't any easier on other tribes to make the trek into the promised land and have to deal with all the things that were going to go on in the promised land. Stay with me. We're, 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 I believe we're going someplace tonight. But they decided, we're, we're good right here. I mean, I, yeah, God has promised us Canaan on the other side of Jordan. But we're okay right here. And, and so Joshua says, "You've done all that you agreed to do. The the the, the agreement you made with Moses, you've kept your end of the deal. You fought with your brethren. We've now established that that we've now taken the land. You're you're good. You can go back home. But watch, watch this. This is this is this is something. There, there's a bunch of stuff in this chapter this morning that just was jumping out at me." Take diligent heed to the commandment. He says, you you can go back on to the other side. However, make sure. Just because you're going back on the other side of the Jordan, you need to make sure that you take heed to the commandments and the law, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, charged you to love the Lord your God and to walk all his ways and to keep his commandments and to cleave unto him and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. So Joshua blessed them and sent them away and they went unto their tents. Hey, just because you're going back on the other side of Jordan doesn't mean God's expecting anything less of you. Just because you're willing to settle for an inheritance that's not in the promised land, God is not dumbing down what He's expecting of you. So just don't forget that and go back home and be blessed. But but watch this in the next verse, verse number 7. So again, we got the Reubenites, the Gadites, and half, half the tribe of Manasseh went back to the other side. Watch what happens to the half of the tribe of Manasseh that stays in the land of promise. Verse 7, now to the one half, remember he's, he's verse, verse 6, to those that were going back across Jordan, he, he says, Joshua, Joshua blessed them. But now to the one half of the tribe of Manasseh, Moses had given possession in Bashan, but unto the other half... Gave Joshua among their brethren on this side Jordan westward, and when Joshua sent them away arise and, and and also unto their tents, then he blessed them so so again we we've got half the tribe of Manasseh and those other true tribes that were going back to the east side of Jordan, not in the promised land, but we're good, but half of the tribe of Manasseh says. We're, we're staying. And, and, and right there, verse 22 says he blessed them, and that's the same thing he did in verse number 6, but it doesn't stop there. And he spake unto them, saying, those that are staying on the side of Jordan in the promised land, return with much riches unto your tents, and with very much cattle. With silver, with gold, with brass, with iron, and with very much raiment. De- raiment, Divide the spoil of your enemies with your brethren. If you want to go back on the other side of the, of, of the Jordan to the land that's not the promised land, okay, don't forget to keep loving and serving God and, and be blessed. But for those of you that crossed over and are staying in the land of promise, you're getting much blessing. You see, many of you know, if you don't know, you need to learn this because this is a very helpful thing. But the, the children of Israel in Egypt and then coming out of Egypt is a type of salvation. Egypt is a type of the world, and the children of Israel are a type of the church. They were a natural living example of the spiritual church today. And so when God brings them out of Egypt, that is a type of salvation. And the process of them getting out of Egypt incorporated three very important elements that are a part of the process of salvation. That's when. That's why when somebody at, tells you, "Well, the only thing you need to do to be saved is just accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal savior." Okay. Well, where's these three elements? My wife and I were in a meeting recently, and someone in that meeting. This was so just, just, just encur- encouraging to me, and just a, a fresh reminder, and and and. And just solidification of of things that we believe. And this person said, this person, amazing story. They had had received the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues all by themselves in a completely just, in essence, a random way. And after having had that experience, they were in a church setting and and they were were instructed to, to make the confession of faith. And they said there was just no power in it. And I had experienced power in the supernatural. So when they, when, when they came out of Egypt, you had blood, water, and spirit. There was blood, which is a type that has to do with repentance. Blood was applied to the doorpost of each house. They had to come through the waters of baptism, the Red Sea, and they were met by a pillar of cloud by day and fire by night. That's the Spirit. So we've got blood, water, and Spirit. We go to the New Testament. Paul tells us the gospel is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We know that relates to the blood, the water, and the Spirit. So coming out of Egypt is a type of salvation. I got I, I got all kinds of stuff I'm trying to cram in here tonight. I think I'm going to have to just... I ain't even gotten anywhere. <laughs> Coming out of Egypt, that's salvation. Entering into the promised land is not heaven. Hello? I, I've heard some people, you know, well... Okay, that's that's salvation, and then the promised land is heaven. Now, how can how can the promised land be heaven when you've got to, when there's battles that are being fought, and there's there's territories that are having to be taken, and and there's still evils that there, there's not going to be evil in heaven. The promised land. Is, 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 is that's the fulfillment of what God has, of what God has really planned and purposed for you. That spot between the Red Sea and the Jordan River where so many people end up living, I, I, you can be saved from there. But you haven't come anywhere close to experiencing all that God has for you if all you ever do is stay between the Red Sea and the Jordan River. So they come out, and and, and remember, God brought them out of Egypt with the intention of taking them into the Promised Land. I, 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 I keep forgetting to... Make sure I know this for myself. We got a couple of very knowledgeable Bible people here. If I'm not mistaken that that journey from coming out of Egypt, going into the Promised Land, should have just been a couple of months. Isn't that right? Isn't that right, brother? You somewhere around? Just a couple of months. It should have been just a brief trip. There's there's places in the Bible. Oh, somebody's got to get this tonight. We're not detoxing just to empty us out so that we're empty. We're detoxing from all the voices and all the stuff because there is a promised land that God has for you as an individual. And I'm preaching to some people tonight. You have spent so much of your walk with God between the Red Sea and the Jordan. They come out of Egypt, as they come out of Egypt as a part of the process and the intention of them going straight to the promised land, that's when God begins to give them the law and God begins to give Moses instruction in the building of the tabernacle because the Bible says very plainly He was giving them the law in the wilderness so that they would know how to live in the promised land. problem is if you don't ever get it settled that you are surrendering and submitting to the law of God you're never leaving the wilderness and hear me tonight I I believe if I got the typology right and my understanding is right you can go to heaven in the wilderness because Coming out of Egypt is where salvation took place. But why would you want to spend your life in the wilderness when there is a land of promise? Why would you want to stop at the Jordan when you can cross over and live in a land of abundance that God has promised? And I'm not talking first and foremost uh, 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 a temporal, natural abundance. Lots of money, nice. I'm not... talking about spiritual abundance talking about seeing God work through you and do things through your life that are exceeding abundantly above all you ask or thought. Yeah. Watching God manifest Himself through you. Bless you, yes. But you know, at the end of the day, when you, get, when you get really locked in on God's plan and God's purpose, all of that stuff becomes the extras. Amen. Yeah. Oh, so, the, 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 the promised land... There's still battles to be fought in the promised land. There's still conflict in the promised land. The the, the, the thing is, there is a promise in the promised land. You're going to be victorious. I've, I've already given you. He told him, I've already given you the land, but you've got to go in and possess the land. That, that's fighting, that's taking, a, that's taking territory, that's, that's walking around Jericho, that's fighting battles. But if you'll do your part, I'm already giving you the victory. When, 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 the, when the two spies, the second time around, when Joshua sent two spies into the, into, to, to the promised land, and they go to Rahab the harlot's house, don't, don't forget what the children of Israel said when they got to the Jordan River the first time. And 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 Moses sent twelve spies. They came back, and ten of them said. And if you've ever, if you've never read it before, you, you, you ought to go look it up. But the majority of the, of what they said was the reason why they could not go into the promised land. Was all about how they said the people in the promised land perceived them. The scripture says it. We are as. Grasshoppers, in their eyes, they see us as grasshoppers. And so because of that, they spent 40 years wandering in a wilderness. So all of those older than 20, right? Except for two guys, the two that came back. Anybody here, without cheating and getting on your phone, anybody here can name me off the top of your head, one name, just one of the ten spies. One of the ten spies. Excuse me, let me rephrase that. One of the ten spies that gave the negative report. You all can name two spies. We all can name those two spies, yes. I'm sorry, I wasn't as clear. Can anybody name any of the ten? I can name at least one of them. One of them is Sether, Sethur. S e t h u r. You know, the only reason I can tell you that is because twenty, twenty-five years ago, I preached about this in a message, and so I knew who some of them were because I looked them up right before I preached. <laughs> Seriously, anybody? Anybody else? No, off the top. Some of you probably cheated by now and googled it. Nobody. Nobody. Look at it. We got some. We got some very knowledgeable Bible people here, very knowledgeable, and not one of you can, how amazing is that? The only two that we know and we we all know about is Joshua and Caleb. Because those are the two that came back and said, "We we can do this, let's go. Forty years later, Caleb is now 80 years old. I got to tell you, there's a bunch of us that as we're aging, we say, I can still do what I used to do, but we ain't telling the truth, <laughs> lying through, but, but Caleb said, and I don't think he was just trying to, he told Joshua, he said, I got just as much strength now at 80 as I did 40 years ago, give me my mountain. So, so so, Joshua sends, it's, it's, in, it's very interesting to me, there was only two spies that came back out of the twelve with a good report. I think Joshua did the math and said, you know what, I'm sending two. And they end up in the house of Rahab the harlot. And you know what she tells them? Where have you been? Forty years ago, we heard about the way God delivered you and our hearts melted within us. So at the same time, 10 of them were saying, we can't take the land because we are grasshoppers. All of those people that they said were saying they were grasshoppers were scared to death of them. we can't go in what, it wasn't that they wouldn't have to fight in the promised land it wasn't there wasn't going to be challenges and obstacles some big obstacles but the promise was I'm, I'm giving it to you you're going to have to fight and, and sometimes you know what you, I'm just going to use some bees to do it for you that way you can't I mean how much can you brag when bees go in front of you and drive the enemy out <laughs> so he, he says you can notice again Reuben Gad and half of Manasseh if you don't want to stay in the promised land you can go back to the wilderness and be blessed okay you can go ahead be blessed don't forget love God honor God keep his you still got to do all that stuff, but if you just want to do that on the other side of Jordan, go ahead, do it. But then to the others that say, "We, that's, that may have been some green grass over there, but that's not that wasn't the promised land. The promised land is on this side of Jordan." He says, "You, you go ahead too, and you head back home, but, but, but uh, you you return with much riches. You you take much cattle. You 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 have much raiment." And the children of Reuben, and the children of Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh returned and departed from the children of Israel out of Sihon, which is in the land of Canaan, to go unto the country of Gilead, to the land of their possession, whereof they were possessed, according to the word of the Lord, by the hand of Moses. I remind you that... The Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, they were all part of the tribes of Israel. When they decided to go back to the other side of Jordan, they didn't lose some of their Israelitishness. They were still... uh, anybody Anybody pick up what I'm putting down here tonight? They were still just as much Israelites on the east side of Jordan as everybody was on the west side. You better be careful. You might let some brothers and sisters that have decided to live on the east side cause you to settle for the east side when you ought to be on the west side. Well, they're saved, yeah, but did you see that? I don't know about you, but if I have an opportunity to be blessed or to have much blessing, I'm I'm kind of about the much. You know, Jesus said... Uh, I I know y'all will recognize this verse, I'm sure. Jesus said, if any man will be my disciple, let him tell me so that I can put together the best proposal for him that fits his wishes and desires. I I drive by, we drive by a church periodically on College Parkway. I might as well say the name because when I say they changed the time for mass, you'll know who I'm talking about. They have summer mass schedule, and then they just changed it to fall or winter mass schedule. If I'm not mistaken, the whole point of summer mass schedule is Everybody's a lot busier and there's a lot more going on in the summer. So we want to change our schedule of Mass so that it fits your life better. Now we're going to switch it back because the winter's different. And so... That that perfectly fits with what Jesus said you had to do to be a disciple, right? We know that Jesus drawing followers is all about giving them what they want want to make sure that 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 you know our schedule works with your kids and all their sports and all their hobbies and all your plans and we definitely don't want to interfere with football on Sunday so we definitely got to make sure we squeeze mass you know what if you want to live in the wilderness, have at it. I'm, I'm so, I, I, I'm getting so, one of, one of these days, y'all, y'all, better, y'all better be careful. One of these days I'm about to break out of my shell. I am so, I am getting so sick and tired of living, caring about what people think that I say or do or whatever. I'm 51 years old and I still spend so much of my time worried about what people think. It's, it's, I've, I've been pecking at that shell. I'm about to get some light a day. It, it used to be, I see some of you, as, as we would, old-timers would say, some of you pillars here, some of you folks that, that give us some of our stability. It used to be back in the day when you preached about faithfulness and going to church regularly and faithfully, it, you, you were only really worried about your friends in the world giving you a hard time. Your family that wasn't in church. What do you mean you can't come to this, you're going to church? What do you mean you go to church three times a week? that That's when I was younger and I was a kid, that's, that's the only pressure we felt. Now I feel so much intimidation from apostolic people to challenge you that you ought to be faithful to the house of God. Well, this ain't the house of God. No, but it's where the house of God gets together. I, I've, I've sat and watched, I, I, I watched a video several months back of a guy, not, not a part of here, not from here, but he's but he, supposed to be an apostolic. All about how, how, how uh, you know, basically abused those of us that have been in church for decades were because it was preached to us that you, ought to, you need to be faithful to church. You know what? Go back to the wilderness. Live where it's convenient. And you, you, you very well may get to heaven. So be it. But I wonder if I'm preaching, teaching, whatever I'm doing tonight to some people that have a hunger and desire. God did not promise us to live by the Jordan. God promised us the land of promise. Go ahead. Go back. Go find some place that fits in your schedule. Go find some place. And I I, I'm the, 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 I i don't know if you folks know it, and if you don't like it, come see me. I'll help you find one of the other ones. We are one of the very few churches in the Maryland, D.C. District, the United Pentecostal Church, Maryland, D.C. District. We are one of very few churches that still have church on Sunday night. In fact, off the top of my head, there's only one other one. Actually, I don't even know another one off the top of my head now. And I've talked to some of those pastors, and they've got very good reasons, and and they're doing, and I'm not... As long as you're doing what God has instructed you to do, as long as it's not trying to somehow please the people you're leading... Well, I know everybody's got so much going on, so, I mean, to expect people to come to church Sunday morning and come back Sunday night is just a whole lot. Anybody remember Sunday night, Sunday night, Brother, brother, brother Thomas talked about not being content to live in the place of provision. Anybody remember that? I got an email. I, I don't know if the, per, the person that sent the email is not here, so hopefully they're watching, and I'll make sure, because if they don't, I'll have to respond. Otherwise, I'm responding right now. Because they emailed a day or two ago, and one of the things in the email was, "What? How, how do I, how, I? I I don't want to just live in the land of provision. How do I live in the promised land? How How do I live?" In, and when I got the email, I'm like, "That's a great question. Ask Brother Thomas. He preached the message." But I got the answer today. The way you live in the in the place of promise, and not just live in provision, is you got to get the law of the Lord established in your life, and you got to decide, "Hear, O Israel: The Lord our God is one, and thou shalt love the Lord your God not with a part of your soul, not with a part of your strength, with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and strength, and and and, and love your neighbor as yourself, and all those other things." You got to get that established because if you're going to live in the land of promise, you've got to get things that are supposed to happen in the wilderness done in the wilderness. He didn't give them the law when they got in the promised land. He gave it to them in the wilderness. The way that I live in the land of the place of promise and abundance and not just in the place of provision is is I've got to stop living on the requirements of the wilderness. i got to... Hebrews says that leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, that's not abandoning, neglecting, or forsaking. It means let's let's get those things settled and let's go on to some other stuff. Let's go into some of the riches and experiences that are in the kingdom. But if you don't get that stuff in the wilderness, if you don't get the fundamentals now, you'll never go in the land of promise and live there. So you, okay, you guys, you kept your word. You know what I realized today? There's sometimes, I mean, you leaders need to hear this. There's sometimes God will send some people from the other side of Jordan to come help you for a brief period of time in the land of promise. Help you get some places. Help your ministry grow. And I'm not talking about your ministry. I'm talking about... A, a collective ministry but you got to be ready that there's some of them that are Reubenites or Gadites or from the half tribe of Manasseh and when they get done helping you they don't want to stay I didn't sign up for this side of Jordan I signed up for the other Go ahead back you just 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 make sure make sure you you keep the commandments of the Lord make sure you now, watch this. And when they came unto the borders of Jordan that are in the land of Canaan, the children of Reuben and Gad and the children of Gad and the half tribe of Manasseh, they built there an altar by Jordan, a great altar to see to. So, so again, they're, they're in the promised land. And before, watch this, before they go back across the Jordan to the other side, by the, by the, the banks of the Jordan, they build this great altar to see to. But, but wait a minute. You built the altar on the west side. You're going back to the east side. Verse 11, and the children of Israel heard say, this, this is all the other folks that are in the promised land, they heard say, that's kind of sounding like one of those modern day slang, terms. We, we heard say, I heard someone say, we heard say, behold, the children of Reuben and the children of Gad and the half tribe of Manasseh. Have built an altar over against the land of Canaan in the borders of Jordan in the passage of the children of Israel. So there's now this stir that's starting. That wait a minute, we we hear, we hear that those that live on the other side built an altar on our side. Now we're going to read in a moment some of the things that they were meaning by this. But I think one of the things they were meaning by this was, we we don't need your altar. We got an altar. We, we, we got the tabernacle, we got the ark of the... We, we don't need another altar. Why are you building another altar? Verse 12. And when the children of Israel heard of it, the whole congregation of the children of Israel gathered themselves together at Shiloh to go up to war against them. This is a, this is a family war. Not, this isn't back at Jericho where they're about to take the jerich the the, the the inhabitants of Jericho out the 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 other nine and a half tribes are joining together to go fight against two and a half tribes of the same nation well you know others just they may not see it quite the way we do it's okay They don't have, yeah, what, what, what oftentimes, the people that oftentimes say that, people, what they're saying is what's really in my heart is I really wish I. It's like I say about those that go around to new converts and tell them you can't wear this or you have to wear this or you. The only people that do that are the people that are doing all of those things but resent doing them. So what you're saying is if I got to do this, you got to do it too. I'm, 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 I'm the pastor here, and I've never walked up to one single individual and said, you know what, you, you know you can't wear that anymore here. You know you're not allowed. And if anybody has the right and the authority, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to sound egotistical. It's just a fact. I do, and I don't. And some wonderful saints sometimes think it's their job to straighten people out. I'm going to say it, and I'm going to keep saying it until Jesus come. Show me the person that does that, and I will absolutely guarantee you, I'll show you the person that's doing those things. I I mean, they're doing the things they're supposed to do. But in their heart, they hate doing it. It's not in their heart. So the attitude is again, if I got to do it, you got to do it. These these guys are rising up against them, saying, This isn't right. You, You can't do this. Verse 13. No, for a certainty, the Lord your God will no more drive out any of the these nations from... Oh, my, my pages keep turning, sorry. That was 23, 13. And the children of Israel sent unto the children of, of Reuben and to the children of, the, of Gad and to the half-tribe of Manasseh into the land of Gilead Phinehas, the son of Eleazar the priest, and with ten princes of earth, uh, excuse me, of each chief house, a prince throughout all the tribes of Israel. And each one was an head of the house of their fathers among the thousands of Israel. And they came unto the children of Reuben and unto the children of Gad and unto the half-tribe of Manasseh, unto the land of Gilead. And they spake with them, saying, Thus saith the whole congregation of the Lord. The whole congregation of the Lord. What trespass is this that you have committed against the God of Israel to turn away this day from following the Lord in that you have builded you an altar that you might rebel this day against the Lord? Is, this iniqu- is, this, is the iniquity of Peor too little for us from which we are not cleansed until this day although there was a plague in the congregation of the Lord? but that you must turn away this day from following the Lord, and it will be saying you rebel today against the Lord, that tomorrow he will, he, he will be wroth with the whole congregation of Israel, notwithstanding if the land of your possession be unclean, then, then pass ye over. I think I, think I, need, a, uh, I need 1.75 or 2 now. I'm having trouble reading these little little words. (laughs) Notwithstanding, if the land of your possession be unclean, then pass ye over unto the land of the possession of the Lord, wherein the Lord's tabernacle dwelleth, and take possession among us. But rebel not against the Lord, nor rebel against us in building you an altar beside the altar of the Lord our God." Did not Achan, the son of, Z, of, of Zerah, commit a trespass in the accursed thing? And wrath fell on all the congregation of Israel. And that man perished not, unto, not, not alone in his iniquity. What they're saying is, listen, if, I mean, instead of building an altar, why don't you just come join us? And, and if, if something's wrong back on the other side, then just come over here with us where it's Right? They weren't rejecting them. They weren't, they weren't making them exiles. They were actually pleading with them. Hey, we. what you're doing is not right, but we're not just sending you home and, and wagging our heads. Come back over here. How is there going to be somebody on the side of promise to call other people to the side of promise if everybody's willing to go back to the wilderness? I just want to find what the least level of commitment is. I just I just I just I just heard through the grapevine somebody been connected here in various ways in the past, going someplace else now and, and work. Well I I, I go there because I there there's some things that, that, that you know that i, I they're, they're, they, don't, they don't harp on as much there. Okay. Go back to the wilderness. And I I probably see you in heaven. That's all right. I hope so. I don't want anybody going to hell. I don't want. Well, well brother Wright, what's the point in, in, in going through the extra effort of living on the on the west side if I can get there from the east side? Well, I'll tell you one of the points is Paul says that there's coming a time when every man is going every man's work is going to be tried by fire. And it's going to be proven whether or not you built with wood, hay, or stubble. Cheap. Built as cheap as you could. Get by on. And nowadays, if you want to do some home decker, there's all uh, kind of hacks. Cheap ways of making it look expensive. The problem is it's never as good as the real deal. I'm sorry. If you want to build your walk with God, your ministry your life of devotion with cheap materials, go ahead. And guess what? You can do that and be saved. I guess that's the good news. But it's going to be tried by fire, and every man's work that is built of wood, hay, and stubble is going to be consumed by the fire. But those that decided to build with gold, silver, and precious stones, those things can withstand fire. And each man is going to be rewarded for his work. Paul says, they're all going to be saved. So you know what? If if you're not really concerned about getting much of a reward in heaven, then go back on the east side. Hang out in the wilderness. I'll see you on the other side here and the other side there. But if God promised the promised land, I don't want to stop short. Verse 21. Now watch this. So that that's all the that's all the other folks. That's all the people that have crossed Jordan that are staying on the side of promise. That's what they all said. Now watch this. The children of Reuben and the children of Gad and the half tribe of Manasseh answered and said unto the heads of the thousands of Israel, "The Lord God of gods, the Lord God of gods, He knoweth, and Israel He shall know, if it be in rebellion or if it." If if in transgression against the Lord, save us not this day. Meaning, if if what you're saying we're doing is right, then let the Lord just go ahead and wipe us out. But, But hear us out. That's not what we're doing. We're not building altars to go serve other gods. That we have built us an altar to turn from following the Lord or if, if to offer thereon burnt offering or meat offering or if to offer peace offering thereon, let the Lord himself require it. it, it, let, let, the, it let, let the Lord judge us. And if we have not hither done it for fear of this thing, saying in time to come. Here, here, that's not why we did it. Here's why we did it. In time to come. Your children might speak unto our children, saying, What have you to do with the Lord God of Israel? If you're worried about that, then just stay on this side. I, tried, I didn't say it at the beginning because I didn't want to speak negative into the atmosphere. But, but, but once again, this is one of those things that, man, churning all day long. And I get here tonight with the expectancy, and it ain't going the way I expected it. I mean, at least what I'm seeing. But I'm not stopping, so we're good. (laughs) He says, they they say, we're we're, we're concerned. Um, Oh, Jesus, I need some help right now. We're, We're concerned that if we don't stay in the land of promise, we go back on the other side, some point down the road, those in the Promised Land are not going to claim us. So just, I, I I've been seeing some stuff the past couple of years, just a gross. I'm like, I, I you you're not on my side of Jordan. Reuben, Gad, Manasseh, if you guys are all concerned about that, then just stay in the land of promise. For the Lord hath made Jordan a border between... Who made the border between the two of you? Please show me where the Lord decided for Jordan to separate... Two and a half tribes from the rest show me the Lord did not do that oh well I, I hope some of you are, are listening to the Lord right now because there's some stuff i can't I'm not going to say that it <laughs> so I need some water. Whew. Some of you got some things from brothers and sisters in Christ are telling you that they're separating you. The Lord didn't put them things there. When people that used to believe the things in common share the same beliefs, the same let levels of dedicated de- dedication and commitment and you decide to go back on the other side of Jordan don't don't blame that on the lord the lord hath made jordan a border between us and 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 you children of Reuben and children of Gad you have no part this this is what we're worried about them saying you have no part in the lord so shall your Children make our children cease from fearing the Lord. We're making our own decisions, but we're going to blame our future on you. We're deciding to live in the wilderness rather than in the promised land, but when our kids don't do the right thing in the future, it's ultimately your fault. Therefore, we said, again, this is, this is now watch this. This is is just amazing. Therefore, we said, Reuben, Gad, half-tribe of Manasseh, we said, now prepare to build us an altar, not for burnt offering nor for sacrifice. Don't worry, we're not building an altar for those things. (laughs) Next verse, please. Therefore, we said, let us now prepare to build us an altar not for burnt offering nor for sacrifice, next verse, but that it may be a witness between us and you and our generations after us that we might do the service of the Lord before Him with our burnt offerings and with our sacrifices and with our peace offerings that your children may not say to our children in time to come, you have no part in the Lord. Therefore, said we, it shall be when they should say to us, to our generations in time to come, that we may say again, Behold, the pattern of the altar of the Lord, which our fathers made, not for burnt offerings, nor for sacrifices, but it is a witness between us and you, God forbid that we should rebel against the Lord and turn this day from following the Lord to build an altar for burnt offerings, for meat offerings, or sacrifices beside the altar of the Lord our God that is before this tabernacle. You guys got us all wrong. We're not building this altar to do any of those things you said. We're just building this altar for show. And by the way, we're building it on your side. Because we don't want the people on our side that we're interacting with to see that altar and identify us with that altar. We're going to put it on the other side of Jordan so we can see it. And we're going to put it on your side so that if you decide to reject us, we can remind you. We, We put that altar there because we're all... we 're not doing we're not doing that to we're not going to sacrifice anything and what's the point of an altar The altar was never about being a place of show it was never about just being a symbol an altar's no good if something's not being sacrificed on the altar an altar's not worth it if it's not being used so why build something on this side that's not going to get used just so you can say hey we we're, we're apart. If you're apart, then you come with us and go to the real altar. We just we're just doing it for show. And this is this is this the, the, the remainder of this chapter. I gotta tell it just it puzzles me. And when Phineas, the priest and the princes of the congregation and heads of the thousands of Israel which were with him heard the words that the children of Reuben and the children of Gad and the children of Manasseh spake. It pleased them. Th- th- these are the people that were at first bothered by all this. Now it pleased them. And Phinehas and Ferb, the son of Eleazar. Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, just if y'all are listening. Phineas the son of Eleazar, the priest, said unto the children of Reuben, and to the children of Gad, and to the children of Manasseh, This day we, per- we perceive, we perceive, we perceive that the Lord is, is among us. Because you've not committed this trespass against the Lord, now you have delivered the children of Israel out of the hand of the Lord. And Phinehas the son of Eleazar the priest and the princes returned from the children of Reuben and from the children of Gad out of the land of Gilead unto the land of Canaan to their children of Israel and brought them word again. And the thing pleased the children of Israel. And the children of Israel blessed God and did not intend to go up against them in battle and destroy the land wherein the children of Reuben and Gad dwelt. And the children of Reuben and Gad and, and the children of Reuben and the children of Gad called the altar Ed, for it shall be a witness between us that the Lord is God. I I don't recall In chapter 32 of Numbers, I don't recall when this conversation was going on between Moses and the tribes of Reuben and Gad. I don't recall where Moses consulted the Lord. From what I recall from that chapter, Moses responded out of his own opinions and feelings. You know what, if you guys want to stay over here, As long as you'll come and fight for a while and come back, then you know what? I I think that's okay. Be careful when leadership in your life speaks out of opinion. When leadership in your life speaks out of the desire to try to please you and not cross you. Be careful when leadership in your life only ever wants to say what makes you happy and Careful, Moses. You know what? As long as you I think, and and then and then all these elders and these leaders of Israel, who at one point were they were ready to go kill the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half tribe, they were ready to go kill them. Well, you know what? Now that you've given us a reasonable explanation as to why you have built this altar, go ahead, back to the other. which which side when 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 october or not october when september 30th rolls around are you going to are you going to go back to the other side of the jordan you know what you you'd be better off Oh boy, you'd be better off, those of you that are trying to participate in the media detox, the media fast, the district is on. You'd be better off getting off it right now than continuing the rest of the month for it to be a badge of honor and then go back to everything you were doing. No changes. I'll try to be very couth here with this, but natural and spiritual are often parallels. One of the worst things you can do at the end of a fast, if you've been fasting for a significant period of time not eating, one of the worst things you can do is go get a big meal and eat all the things you've been missing that whole fast. Because you're going to see fast. Sorry, I just can't help it. I'm a guy, and that's just what some of us guys do. Just, I'm sorry, ladies. And to all you dignified guys, I'm sorry. I learned years ago, you fast seven-plus days, three or four days or more, nothing but liquids, you ought to be kind of careful about what you're going to eat when you come off and how much you eat. Some of you, if you're not careful, you're gonna you're gonna go on you're gonna binge. <gasps> what all did I miss in the last twenty plus days on Instagram? What all did I miss the last twenty plus days on Facebook? I got the answer for you. You know what you missed? Nothing. Nothing. You didn't miss anything. I'll we'll say it again. You'd be better off if you're doing it. Getting, stopping tonight. Go watch. I don't know who's playing tonight. I don't know what the NFL game is. If you're a foot, Go watch the football game or go home and binge on your Netflix show. You'd be better off doing that tonight than going through this whole thing and checking the box off and going right back to your same old ways. You, you know what that is? Hey, you know what? Here's what that is. Hey, you know what? We'll come over to the other side of Jordan with you guys for 20-something days. We can do anything for a few days. But when that 20-something days is up and there's no more rules and guidelines, y'all keep going in the promised land. I'm, I'm missing some stuff in the wilderness. Oh, my goodness. Maybe if I'll start thinking whatever i feel and for the service is just terrible, it's not any good, and that man will just go, Phew. I know, we're listening, we're listening, I know you're listening. I know, I know. Isn't, that, isn't that amazing? That Those two and a half tribes, they were more than willing we're willing to cross Jordan long enough to help you do some things. Jordan, are you getting tired of hearing your name all night? I'm sorry. Well, we're, We'll help you with a few of your battles. But we ain't living over here. We're just fine. I believe if you're listening, I, I know I'm not trying to be rough just for the sake of being rough. I I like to I like to be liked. I like to be loved. I, I learned a long time ago. My my response, My number one goal is not to be loved by you because you approve of me and what I I, I got to please him. You're not the one that's my final judge. He is. Are, are, there, there's some, there's some I'm, 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 I'm preaching or whatever it is, I, I think the Holy Ghost is talking to some people tonight, you, 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 you have crossed, but right now you're, you're a part of the two and a half tribes that are planning to go back. Why don't you be a part of the half tribe of Manasseh that says, you know what? This, this is what God called us to. This is the land, God, not that over. That's not what God promised us. This over here is what God promised us. And and, and this over here is what Abraham left home for. Abraham didn't leave home to live by the Jordan. Abraham left home because he had a promise that his people would cross over Jordan and live in a land of promise. You want to know one of the indicators of which side of the Jordan you're living on? If your question is, well, what do I have to do, Pastor? You're on the east side. But if your question is, what can I do? What what do I need to do to to enhance my walk with God, to, to, to enhance my ministry, to grow and mature? If that's your question, you're living on the keep getting them confused in my head. You're living on the west side. The problem is, those that are called to live in the promised land, if you get to listening to those that are content in the wilderness, how it Boggles my mind. It I, I we're I'm planning to pray. I plan. I really am. I, somebody said last, last week, Sister Lanise said last week was kind of felt like pause. The prayer it's it's pause tonight, just a little bit of the opposite way. I'm teaching for two hours, you know. Putting my bishop on tonight. What was I just saying before I got sidetracked on yeah what you need to do versus what you have to do I think I was What what I was saying after that I was saying something time for a drink Well, as bad as I did that yesterday sitting in the studio all by myself. <laughs> you know how hard it is to try to fake it and make not because somebody's watching that recorded and then you gotta try to fill in the gap while you're trying to remember. You can't just say, hey, somebody help me. <laughs> huh. Hallelujah. I don't know if this was it or not, but we're just going to pick up from here if it's if it's if it's just tell me just just tell me what I have to do uh, hear me again, hear me again if i if my understanding of the typology is correct, I think you can go to heaven from the wilderness, you came through the waters of baptism, you're still It's, it's, I'm, I'm not here tonight preaching about heaven or hell but I'm, I'm here tonight talking about are, are you are you living in are you moving into the fulfillment of what God has for you what God has called you to plan for you are you you're just willing to settle are you are you building some things for show? I mean, I, I, I still want to be, ident- I don't want anybody to, you know, I, I don't want to lose my connection, but, but, there's a, man, there's a, there's a land of promise, it's a land flowing with milk and honey and all these great things that God has promised, but, but it, it, it takes a little more to live in that land than it does in the other. That's not, that's not what you were called. That's, that's not what you were brought out of dar- I know what I was, see, that's always Why can't we just remember and then I not have to embarrass myself? I, I don't understand how the children of Israel go from hundreds of years of bondage in Egypt and the last portion of that time being absolutely miserable. I mean Moses shows up, let these people go and 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 they make they make their work even worse. Yeah. They make their job harder. And and God brings them out of that and they're on their, they're still, if I'm not mistaken, when this happened, they were actually, they, it wasn't time to just start wandering. They were still in the process of going from to going to. And they start, you know what, we, we're getting tired of manna every day. We're getting tired of eating the same thing every day. We... Um, at least in Egypt, we had leeks and garlic. Yeah, all that stuff that made your breath stink. We, how in the world do you go in that short amount of time to longing to go back to bondage? You see, there's always something in us that's being pulled to go back. That's why you got to do what Paul said, and you've got to press towards the mark, because the moment I stop pressing for the mark, there's some things in me that are going to start to wake up and try to pull me back to the old ways. They said, they said we wish we would have just died in Egypt. Are you kidding me? You'd rather be living in all the torment of Egypt Then I mean, at least I know you're not in a five five star hotel and, and and you're wandering around eating the same thing every day. But nobody's beating your back anymore. Nobody's requiring you to do levels of labor that are just absolutely un. You want to go back? Don't you mean you want to go forward? Isn't that amazing they, they found this, they found this place to live. That they were close enough to the promised land to enjoy the benefits of the promised land, but they didn't have to pay the price to be in the promised land. I say something to some of you tonight, young and old in this room. You better be careful who your friends are. And again, their appeal, even though they all were up in arms ready to go kill them, their appeal was, come back. come Come, Come back to our side. You guys are building this altar, and you're about to do something you shouldn't do. They weren't—they weren't trying to cut them off. We don't want get out of here. Yeah, definitely go back. We're done. No, it was hey, you, you, what you're doing is not right. Come over to this side. But when it became clear, somebody hear me right now. When it became clear, their minds were made up. We don't want to live on this side of Jordan. They didn't say, okay, well, we're going back with you. They said, fine, we'll see you later. Because this is the side. You know what the sad thing is? If You read in, I believe it's 1 Chronicles chapter 5, and if I'm not mistaken, it's pretty much right at the end of that chapter not a whole lot of detail, it's not a whole lot of information but at the end of that chapter and again I think it's I think it's 1 Chronicles 5, at the end of that chapter God caused a king to go after Reuben Gad and the half tribe of Manasseh because the very thing they were warned to not do, they did Let me tell you something. I've said it many times in the past several months, year or so, and i it's one of those things I'm going to keep saying. Direction is as important, if not more important, than position. Come here, Julian, help me out. Over here, that, you're... you're. He, he, he's on this side he just came out of Egypt or maybe he hadn't even come out of Egypt yet but he's starting to head to the Red Sea and he's heading this direction come here brother Jonathan I'm pretty confident this isn't you so I'll use you he's over in the promised land He's looking back. See what we do. uh, uh, Ah, yeah, look at him. He's in the wilderness. I'm in the promised land. Yeah, but which direction are you heading? Come on. Because you may be in the promised land, but you got your eye back on Egypt. And he's coming out of Egypt. But he's got his eye on the promised land. You may be in the promised land, and he may be in the wilderness, but it's the direction. Amen. 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 That's why, thank you guys. I've I've said it more so privately than I have publicly. But in the last three to four months, actually, I think I started back in February. So whatever that is, six or seven months since I started participating in in, in this pastor's prayer on Wednesday morning. One of the primary things out of that out of that Six or seven month thing that God has been absolutely working my motor over is I don't have a right to jump to conclusions about anybody. God knows the heart. I don't and you don't. And there's some people that we may write off as being insincere that God sees something much different than what you and I see. And that's why it's our responsibility. Love always believes the best. Love always hopes for the best. Love always believes there's a way. There's going to be a way. It's going to be okay. It's gonna, love doesn't give up. Love doesn't write people off. Love doesn't pass judgment before God passes judgment. So again, they weren't pleading with them. Or, or excuse me, they weren't saying, you know what? You guys go back home. We don't want nothing. That's not what they said. Listen, guys, you that altar you're building, you don't need to. We already got an altar, and and, and, and you're you're making the wrong decision. No, 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 no. We're not. Yeah, yeah, you are. So so don't don't build another altar. But also just just stay here. We want you to be a part of us in the Promised Land. That was, that was their appeal no we're we're going back to the other side and, and we hear you we got we still got to love God we still got to keep we we're, we're, we're planning to do that we're going to do that and usually initially that's what happens i i heard somebody say recently and i think they were quoting somebody else of this but 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 walking with God is like walking on a uh, what, what do you call them? They have them in a bunch of the airports, the walkway, like a moving walkway. I think there's a would you travelator. travelator. Your walk. Hear me now. I'm 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 trying to wrap up so we can pray for a few moments. Might as well pray you can't go watch anything. So <laughs> I'm gonna tell y'all I've said it privately. I'll acknowledge. It. I don't think I've acknowledged it publicly. Tuesday through Friday night, I was doing great with the detox. I'm all right. I don't need no Instagram. I don't need no Facebook. I don't, I'm all right. Friday afternoon, I had a few moments to spare, and college football was on. I started struggling. Can't go watch no NFL tonight, brother. David, might as well. I mean, you know, might as well pray. Can't go watch football. And that sounds really great, doesn't it? <laughs> I didn't, definitely didn't mean it that way. <laughs> it's like your walk with God is like being on a moving walkway. <laughs> Except that walkway is moving constantly away from God. Not on a moving walkway where you just stand there and it's just moving you right up to Jesus. No. No. Come on, be honest. Even some of you grown adults have gotten on those walkways or an escalator. Make sure ain't nobody looking. I'm going go to go the opposite direction for a moment. because. And so the moment you decide To stop, you don't stop. I know, Paul said, when you've done all to stand, stand. So guess what? I think there are some moments God cuts the power on the walkway. Because there's some moments that you've struggled and you've fought and you're not standing still because you're giving up. You're standing still because at that moment, the only strength you've got left is just to stand. And so I think God cuts the power on the walkway for a moment so you can hold your ground. But most of the time, the walkway's moving away and if you're not moving forward towards God, you're losing ground, you're not holding ground. Which side? Which side? Which side? Are you content? Are you in this just just to get to heaven? So you're good. You're good with whatever blessings you can get on this side of Jordan. You're good with whatever God's got for you on this side of Jordan. But is there something inside of some folks here tonight that says God didn't call me out of Egypt to live by Jordan in the wilderness? God brought me out of Egypt to take me through the Jordan River and into the promised land. And I'm not going back. I'm not I'm not letting anything draw me back to the other side. I'm going to live in the land of, I don't care if there's walled cities. I don't care if there's battles we have to fight. I don't care if there are some defeats still sometimes in the land of promise. God called us to the land of promise and that's the side I'm going to live on. I don't want any altars built in my life just for show. I don't want any altars built in my life just so I can point to an altar and say look I have an altar. I want the real altar. I want real sacrifice. I want I want real dedication. I want real commitment. I want to take up my cross and follow Him. I don't want Him having to appeal to me and appease me and entice me to follow Him. I want there to be something inside of me that says, I left Egypt for the promised land and I will settle for nothing less than the promised land. Whether you do it sitting there right where you are or if you feel to do something more than that there's somebody that will just begin to respond I trust and believe it's more than my voice that you're hearing tonight it's more than my words that you're hearing tonight but I believe there is a tug there is a pull in the spirit in this place tonight can can you make up your mind I don't want to live by Jordan in the wilderness I was called to live I was called to live in the land of promise. I wasn't called to settle. I was called... Is there any anybody here tonight that you've got a Caleb mentality. Your mentality is not a Reubenite or a Gadite or a half-tribe of Manasseh, but you've got a mentality that says, I want my mountain. I've got a mountain in the promised land, and I want my mountain. I've got some things God promised to give me in the promised land, and I won't settle for anything less. There's nothing worth sacrificing it for. There's There's no level of convenience. There's no level of ease. There's nothing I've got to give up that is too great of a price to be able to live in the land of promise. Come on, I keep saying it. What we're doing and as a church, why we're doing it this month, it's not just to empty out. It's not just to empty out. It can't be just an emptying out. If all you do is just empty out, What you've emptied yourself out of is going to look for some partners in crime and coming back to reoccupy what it was vacated from. We're not here to just leave Egypt. We're here to go into the land of promise. Come on, some of you need to respond beyond just a few moments in your seat. Come on, some of you need to respond beyond just a few moments in your seat. I, I know I said a moment ago, just do whatever, but I, I feel like there are some folks in here, the Spirit of the Lord is drawing you to this altar. The Spirit of the Lord is drawing you to this altar. <speaking in Hebrew> I don't want to live in the wilderness, God. I'm not content to just have the blessings that are in the wilderness. Lord, you might be willing to give me some blessings in the wilderness, but I I didn't come out of Egypt just to get wilderness blessings. I didn't leave Egypt, God, just to get the blessings that are available in the wilderness. I left Egypt for much blessing. Come on, we've been talking throughout this year. Unprecedented, unprecedented, unprecedented. God's doing and going to do unprecedented things in this congregation. Brother Wells prophesied that in the Holy Ghost. He prophesied it in general, but he also said God was going to do it this year. I've already preached it before, and I'm going to say it again tonight, you don't get unprecedented things off of the same level of dedication and consecration you've been at. If you want some unprecedented things, you need some unprecedented devotion. You need some unprecedented sacrifice. God, I don't want just a symbolic altar in my life. God, I don't want to just build an altar for symbolism. I don't want to just build an altar for show, God. I want to live at the altar. I want the altar in my life. I don't want to settle for altars that are built for show when I've got access to the altar. When I have access to get to the altar, I don't want just symbolic altars. Oh God, don't let us be willing to be a Reubenite or a Gadite or a half tribe of Manasseh that's willing to settle in the wilderness. Whatever blessings I can get in the wilderness, that's good enough. I'm okay with that. I want much. I want much. I want much. I want all that you have, God. I don't want to live on the provisions of the wilderness. I don't want to live surviving in the wilderness when I've been invited. To a land that's flowing with milk and honey. I I've been invited to a land that's got houses I didn't build and vineyards that I didn't plant, but I can reap the benefits of those things that you've prepared for me, God. Oh God, I don't don't let there be an attitude of Phariseeism or judgmentalism that settles in on us. Don't let that happen to us. Don't let us become Pharisees, God. But I pray at the same time, don't let us be pulled and drawn by those that are willing to just settle for a wilderness, God. (laughs) Come on, young people. Come on, young adults. Don't be willing to settle in a wilderness. Don't be willing to settle in a wilderness when God invited you to a promised land. Come on, don't, don't, don't be willing to find a level of commitment that's just enough to get you to heaven. Come on, young people. Come on, young adults. Don't just seek out a level of commitment and dedication that's just enough to get you to heaven when there's a promised land that's available for you. Oh God, we want to, as Paul said, we want to apprehend that for which we were apprehended. We want to reach for what we were drawn from this world to enter into the things you've called us to. Not settling, not becoming content. I, 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 I'm, I'm not dismissing. I'm not dismissing now. I'm not dismissing at any point. So, it just whenever you decide you need to go, you're welcome to go. Whenever, whenever, whenever the spirit is, you feel like is lifted for you, so be it. But, 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 uh, I'm, I'm begging some of you. I'm begging some of you. Don't rush this service. Don't rush this moment. Some of you, I believe some of you as a part of what you're participating in this month, this media detox that that you're doing it and there's a hunger, there's a desire inside of you. There's something inside of you that's hungry, desperate for more. You're not doing it just because that's what's expected. You're you're not just crossing over into the promised land for a few days. There's something you're hungry for. Something you're reaching for Alaboko Shata Ramandayata Lama Yeah Rabba yeah, yeah. Kasito Robo kosheya Ramandaya. Ikay Alamando <laughs> Robo Koshaya Ralabaki and the Robo Sha talabahaya ramanda manda y Labasico corrienda la basico roto lo bocoshe y ya manda romonde y equi al araba haya y alabó la vaca rienda la In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. I don't want to settle for a wilderness experience, God, when I can live in the land of promise. I don't want to become content with a wilderness blessing.